Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This show is brought to you by BASE. So I'm sure, unfortunately, so many of you have the experience that I've had with my health where you're experiencing symptoms and you're trying to figure out what they are and you're just guessing and you're buying supplements and doing all these different things. And it's like throwing spaghetti at a wall and nothing sticks. Well, if you're not assessing, you are guessing. And it's such a frustrating and time-consuming and often expensive process to try to navigate these things on our own. So BASE is at-home testing made super easy, also with a very helpful, easy-to-use app. And BASE is amazing because you can choose from five key areas that affect your quality of life, including stress, energy, sex, diet, and sleep. And you can pick one or more of these areas to investigate, do the testing at home, their lab will interpret it, and then you can implement different lifestyle changes and track everything on your app and retest. And it really helps to improve your quality of life. I've been doing it for my cortisol levels and I've been implementing the lifestyle and supplement changes that the medical team at base recommended to me and I've been feeling so much better. So I can't wait to retest and they have a great deal for you guys. So a base membership starts at $59.95 a month. And right now you can get 20% off your first month of membership with the code BLONDEFILES. That's B-L-O-N-D-E-F-I-L-E-S. All you have to do is visit get-base.com slash BLONDEFILES to learn more or enter the code BLONDEFILES at checkout. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all and live your best life. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Wow. I loved this conversation you're about to hear so much. I am talking to Kat Sadler. She is a three-time Emmy award-winning journalist, producer. She's the host of the podcast on Dear Media. It sure is a beautiful day. She has an Instagram series called A Drink with Cat. She's the founder of The Catwalk, and she has some other cool projects in the works, which she will talk about. You guys may remember her from E! And She was just so cool and interesting and easy to talk to. And we really covered so many topics in today's episode. So I was fascinated to hear about her career and her now infamous exit from E! over wage disparity between her and her male co-host. And she's super candid about that experience. And she's also just so candid and like really introspective about her life experiences with love and career ups and downs and aging and the mind fuck, sorry, that comes along with that. And 
She has some juicy celebrity encounters. She talks about the pressures of Hollywood and the entertainment industry. And it was just really refreshing to talk to someone with so much experience who's so down to earth and she's very curious and open. So I really appreciated the part of our conversation where she talks about aging. It's towards the... I guess, second half towards the end of the episode. She's 46 and she looks absolutely incredible. But she's like, yeah, it's freaking hard. And I think about it probably way too much. And it's something that I'm working on. And she talks about this whole other part of aging that people don't really talk about, which is like the hormone and the mental emotional part. And she's actually working on a documentary about that, which she talks about. So I think you guys are going to love this. It's like just hanging out with girlfriends. I mean, that was the first time I ever talked to her, but I am calling her my friend now. So enjoy and make sure to check out her podcast. She has great guests and candid conversations there too. All right. Enjoy Kat Sadler. Okay. So welcome, Kat. I'm so excited to talk to you. So excited to have you here. I would love to start off by just having you introduce yourself to the listeners. I'm sure everybody is familiar with you from your work on E! and everything that you've been doing since. But to start, maybe you can just tell us a little bit about the trajectory of your career, how you got to E! and then when you left and where you are now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, happy to do that. And thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you too. I'll try to give you the summation, the brief synopsis. Yes, I'm a, a journalist and a TV host, now a podcast host. I have a digital brand, but I started out in broadcast journalism. So I went to college for that in the Midwest, which is where I'm from, Indiana. Go Hoosiers. I studied broadcast journalism and then I had my first TV job. You know, this is when things were very different a very, very long time ago, but um, back in, God, I'm going to go straight there, 97 or something. So I was early 20s and I was in San Francisco working in local news for about 10 years. And then it's funny, I was like turning 30. I already had two kids. I was living back in Indiana at this time doing local news for a morning show there. And I just really, really had the itch to come to Hollywood. I had traveled here in New York doing a lot of work. And the more I visited, the more I was kind of being pulled to make a real seismic move in my life. So um, with the support of my then husband, we packed it up. Well, we didn't pack it up until I got the job. So I did audition for the job on E, which at the time it was a show called The Daily 10. And that was in 2006. So then I moved to Los Angeles now 15 years ago, hard to believe, and worked on E for you know 12, 13 years until I left about three years ago. And so since then, I have been building, building my own brand, building my own content on several different platforms. I have my own production company. So a whole different side of the business from once having been a quote unquote TV host slash reporter assigned to covering things every day to really being my own boss and having my own business, a really, really different work lifestyle, I guess now, um, but honestly never, ever been happier. So now I, here I am in the podcast game, talking to people like you and, and enjoying the freedom of this space. Yeah, I want to ask you about how you're finding kind of being your own boss and life as like a digital personality and everything that you're doing now compared to before, but we'll kind of rewind a little bit. And I just want to ask you something that I love about you that I've heard you talk about in other interviews is 
you just kind of knew what you wanted to do and you seem like you just fearlessly went after it. And a lot of people, especially a lot of my listeners, I think are maybe in their early 20s, mid 20s, even like early 30s and maybe making career changes, especially at the end of this pandemic, hopefully, you know, coming out on the other end when a lot of people kind of reevaluated what they were doing, realized they weren't happy. Was it just innate for you to kind of know what you wanted to do and fearlessly go after that, especially in an industry that's so competitive or were there challenges that you had to overcome? And if so, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I feel I feel for anybody in their early 20s. That's It's such a precious kind of time in life. Um, and certain things are very different today than they were when I was in my early twenties. I mean, you have to keep in mind my first TV job, like we had one computer in the whole newsroom and, you know, nobody was walking around with their iPhone. So it was a completely different time. But to answer your question, I, I suppose I really did have this innate itch, this kind of pull, this kind of, um, real passion for, for stories. I mean, that's where it started. I was always very curious growing up. I was like literally how we are at this moment, you know, with a mic in my hand and, you know, annoying everybody and asking questions. I had an interest both in theatrical, like acting and singing too. So I was always a bit of a performer, but for me, it's, it's funny because I went to college and I really sympathize with people who are like, I don't know what the hell I want to do because it was in some ways I was avoiding what I knew was my calling because of fear, I think, and how incredibly competitive it is or was, you know, in my gut, I wanted to be a star. I wanted to be on stage or I wanted to be on television, but I certainly suppressed that for a while. Um, I, I think my first major in college was like, the study of public and environmental affairs. And Mm -hmm. I had a comparative politics degree, like a minor at one point. And I woke up at the end of my junior year and it was actually my mom. She was like, when are you going to join the broadcast journalism school? And when are you going to go do what you really want to do? You know, I was watching Oprah and I, Katie Kirk was on the Today Show at the time. And it was really the push of my mom it was just so obvious. I don't know if everybody has that obvious calling, but for me, it was like, what are you waiting for? So I kind of awakened to that as I got a little older and was leaving college and then secured my first internship. And then there was no turning back because I know you hear a lot of people say this, like, this is the one thing I can do and do well. Like I I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had like three other alternative routes to pursue. It was just silly and vain as this sounds like I just loved a camera and I loved creating and I loved, you know, the art of the interview. So that was when, once I got submerged into a newsroom and saw the news gathering process and saw it all go down and and with a real urgency, it was just so fun every day. I was just, I was hooked. So, you know, I'm very particular when it comes to my nighttime routine. I'm all about doing things that help me wind down and that support sleep. But, you know, I also love to have my dessert. And sometimes these two things don't really align. If I'm having something with sugar or chocolate, sometimes it can get in the way of my whole wind down and sleep routine. But lately I've been doing a date with almond butter and FX chocolate, and it actually helps me sleep. So FX chocolate is of course chocolate and supplements basically combined. So they have six different supplement variations. They have exhale, 
focus, thrive, defend, superfood, dream, and zen. Dream and zen are the ones that I like for dessert. And they have a new addition, sunshine, which is a vitamin D formulation. So each one lends targeted support to a specific need. They have nutraceutical ingredients like ashwagandha, reishi mushrooms, CBD, GABA, L-theanine, melatonin, vitamin D, and they're expertly packed into a handcrafted square of sugar-free, keto-friendly dark chocolate. And we don't care about calories here, right? But they are super, super low in calories compared to other chocolates. So that's just another reason to love them. And chocolate is not only a more enjoyable way to take your supplements, but it also increases your body's ability to absorb supplements, making it more effective. So yeah, amazing. I think we can all agree that being human is hard enough and it feels like a small but mighty gift to know that taking care of our bodies and getting the nutrients we need doesn't have to be a drag. So FX Chocolate is offering you guys 20% off your first order. All you have to do is use the promo code BLONDEFILES at checkout to get 20% off your first order. So go to FX Chocolate, F as in Frank, X as in X-ray, chocolate.com and use the code BLONDEFILES, B-L-O-N. N-D-E-F-I-L-E-S at checkout. Okay, so after last week's episode where I was talking about anxiety and my tips and tricks, I got a lot of questions about what products specifically I use. So here's the breakdown. So I use Ned's Full Spectrum Hemp Oil, which is so amazing for anxiety and stress and also helps with sleep and pain relief and nausea and other indications that CBD can help with. So it comes in three potencies. I like the 750 milligram and it also comes in gel caps now, which is such a game changer because... Ned doesn't add any additives or synthetic ingredients or flavors. So if you don't like the flavor, this is perfect. Then I love the Sleep Blend. This tincture blends CBN, which is a powerful cannabinoid that promotes sleep and 750 milligrams of full spectrum CBD from the purest single source hemp flower extract with organic and wildcrafted botanicals used in traditional medicine. So it helps me stay asleep longer, which is always my problem. Like I wake up super early in the morning and then can't fall back asleep. Then finally, I love their Mellow Magnesium Blend. It's CBD-free. It's their proprietary super blend of three forms of chelated magnesium, L-theanine and GABA and over 70 trace minerals specifically formulated for whole body and brain absorption. And it does not upset my stomach like a lot of magnesium does. So that's a win. So these are my tools. They have incredible products for hormones as well and some cool limited release products. So make sure that you go to their site to check those out. So if you want to try Ned for yourself, go to www.helloned.com slash blonde or enter the code blonde at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. So that's helloned, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about the scary, funny, heartbreaking, but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, me and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter with plenty of humor, heart, and badassery along the way. We launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there. Do you ever struggle with imposter syndrome? Oh God, yes. <laughs> Even now. I mean, 
even now, because I mean, I've done, I've been doing this for decades now. I mean, I was doing it five days a week for so, so, so long, but now it's a little different. I didn't before, because I worked really hard, this whole idea of like, do the grind, pay your dues, do all that stuff. Like I, I definitely did all of that. So when I did finally make the jump to national television, I felt like I deserved it, to be honest. Like that was not, that was not a case of imposter syndrome. I certainly felt lucky, but I knew that I had the experience to back up getting the job. It wasn't like somebody just plucked me off of no offense to reality stars, but like a TV, a reality show and said, here, you can be a host. Now I really, really worked hard. I put in years of dedication to getting to that point. I think the imposter syndrome piece comes more now because like the situation we're in, I'm being interviewed. And so sometimes I, that's more difficult for me to wrap my head around is, is growing my own brand as a personality and sharing more of my authentic self and doing more of that. So sometimes I think that's where that piece might come in, where I'm feeling like, do I belong here? Am I doing this right? I just, do people really care what I have to say? You know, I still, you know, struggle with that sometimes. I think as an outsider, though, it's so interesting to look at your life and look at your trajectory and see how like you are meant to be in this moment now, because you're talking about loving to be a storyteller. And, you know, you can see how everything that you've gone through probably has led you to where you are now and to be able to be on the that other end of it telling stories. So it's very cool. I mean, it's easier to see like from an objective point of view, I'm sure. But I'm curious, like... How did you navigate the struggles of the industry, especially when you were younger? I'm sure that there was so much pressure. I'm thinking of Knocked Up. <laughs> seen that movie. Yes. When they're like, we're not telling you to lose weight, but if you could just be 20 pounds less than you are right now. <laughs> and like, of course, that's like a stereotype, but... Um, well, it's not too far off. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> honest. It's not that big of a stretch. Certainly... You know, I was in local news for 10 years before I did the whole Hollywood thing, but that happens at every level. Uh, by the way, fun fact, I was in that movie Knocked Up. I, I was, um, yeah. <laughs> at the time it was deleted. It, I mean, you probably, unless you were literally sitting at home and watching the bonus DVD, everybody missed it. Um, but that I was used to do that, cool. by the way. <laughs> Watch the bonus DVDs. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, I thought, ooh, I've made it. I'm going to be in Judd Apatow's movie. And then we got cut. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I remember the early days of being on television and yeah, you, you have to grow a thick skin, you know, there's, and by the way, it's, it's very similar to today. Right. And, and what we read on Instagram and the, and the trolls and the comments and the, and the criticism, but we definitely, um, I definitely endured that in my early days, you know, I, I would work really hard. I would, you know, go out and get a big interview. I would, you know, be on the nightly news. And then I get one email at the time because, uh, we weren't doing social media, but it was like that top was horrific and you suck at your job, you know, you, and then you focus on that one thing, but it was more that it was easier to shake and still is today. It was more like some of the criticism that wasn't always constructive on the behalf of some of my bosses. So speaking to the industry uh, and speaking more to your question about struggle, I mean, that I certainly faced that. Yes. I've certainly, you know, was up against a competitive industry at the time, you know, but I just always 
I don't, I don't know again, if it was innate or whatnot, when I would come up against those, those hardships or, um, bad reviews, even, you know, my hair was always an issue. I hate to like make it about like the visual, but like fix your hair. My hair is still my issue. Um, but you know, all these things, they just contribute to strength. I think at the end of the day, it's like, you just have to learn to manage that. It's a little harder when you're in your twenties and you're just starting out. But most of my memories from those earlier parts of my career are really pretty good ones, to be honest. Do you have any crazy stories with celebs that you can share or a blind item? I know my guests love to hear the tea. (laughs) The tea, you know, you would think um, that I would, but let me tell you why I don't have anything too particularly outrageous to share is because... And, and I think it's a little different now because all of the podcasts, all of the platforms, you know, um, celebrities are really controlling their narrative now because all of the information is coming from their, their Instagram or whatever it is. When I was in the chair with celebrity day after day, after day, after day, doing these interviews, you have to keep in mind in, in that world, you know, this. There's, there's a, there's a team. It's like a, it's like a staff of 10 in the room. If you're interviewing any A-lister, right? So the machine is in play and people know they are on. So it's not like anything too diabolical is going to happen. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. I mean, yes, sometimes on a red carpet, you know, um, the Jim Carrey interview stands out to me. I don't know if you know about that, but that's an example of, and I can tell this story for the people that may not have seen it. The video went viral, but I was on the red carpet at New York Fashion Week at the Harper's Bazaar Icon Party, Icons Party. And every, it was Fashion Week. So, you know, you had all the models, you had, you know, all Kim Kardashian was there, she and Kanye at the time, you know, Haley Bieber, like Selena Gomez, everybody was there, very star studded. But in walked Jim Carrey and keep in mind, like at a fashion week thing. And of course he's a legend. And of course he's amazing. And of course I'm a huge fan who isn't, but he walked up and he was on one, you know, he was being completely Jim to the degree, like wild out there, you know, spastic. And so, but what ended up happening is I interviewed him and it was on tape. We recorded it. It was not live, but he, he was gone. He was talking about existentialism and the neurons and how I don't exist and he doesn't exist and what the fucking point is of all this. Like he was just like, woo. So in that moment, it w- it became like a bit of a dance between us because he would kind of say the most ludicrous thing. And then, you know, I think he really expected me to crumble and like, he could just like squash me and then keep it moving. But I kind of, played the game a little bit with him. And it was quite fun to be honest. <laughs> and I remember when that interview was over, I, I was in New York, my producers were back here in LA. And I, I said, we've got to run this Jim Carrey interview because normally, honestly, I will do 50 interviews on a red carpet. They use three of them. Right. So that's part of the job. And at the time, I don't think they would have ever run that random Jim Carrey interview from fashion week. But I said, take a look at this. Let me know what you think. And I remember waking up like the next day he had released it online. It went viral. It got millions and millions of views. I, people still ask me about that interview today. Um, (laughs) but in hindsight, 
he was really trying to make a point. I mean, he was like really going through this enlightenment, this awakening of his, which by the way, I subscribe to. So I, I don't think he assumed that or anybody watching would guess that. I was obviously, I was in the role of reporter at the time, but you know, the, the feedback was, God, he's so woke that like dumb reporter, not everybody. A lot of people really thought I did a nice job with that, but, but I was like, actually, I get it. I know what he was talking about. It's just the context of being in a fashion week party, (laughs) trying to like, you know, drop all that on me and everybody else. It just didn't make sense. But, um, after that interview, I did get flowers from his team, from him. It was a, it was a really wild little note from Jim Carrey. So I guess that's, that's the one interview that I guess is a standout for me and for others. It's still all over Instagram. It's so wild. And that was like three years ago. I'm going to have to go find that and watch it. I feel like I can relate a little bit, like maybe to where he was coming from. Definitely not at fashion week, like you said, the content, but I have definitely like gone through phases of seeking and, you know, I've gotten really into meditation and this and that, and you want to be like an evangelist and it's just kind of like seeping out of you, but that's such a good way to put it. That yeah. I think it, that's, that's what it was. I mean, he was just on fire. The, <laughs> the part that I, I questioned though, is he was really shitting all over that event. You know, he was like, yeah. who comes to this? This is stupid. Icons. What's an icon. This is so dumb. And my, <laughs> my argument was, well, you got really dressed up and look real cute in your tux to bother <laughs> to come to the stupidest event in town. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, it's like a little bit hypocritical. <laughs> but a little bit, but he made his point. He made his point. I have nothing but respect for him. I think he's just such a phenomenal artist. So, so I get it. I would really like a follow-up interview to that particular one. You know, you should have him on your podcast. I listen, girl. I've been trying. I've been trying. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> It's so funny. So it was pretty like it was a pretty publicized thing when you left E. It was overpay. And I'm just curious, we don't have to get into it. But again, like how do you how do you walk through fear and uncertainty? I think that's something that again, people are kind of more cognizant of, like disparities and you know, gender, wage, all of that. Um, if anybody is listening and they feel like they are being wronged and they want to do the right thing for them, but they're scared, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, the the departure from E, you know, was a huge, not even moment, but many months of deliberation and a decision that I had to come to in the end. And then many months that followed after I left, you know, just kind of coming down from all of that. And was I scared? And did I have trepidation? And was I afraid of what was on the other side? Yes, 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 yes. And so for anybody questioning their, their professional situation. I know so many people are unfulfilled or struggling or perhaps even experiencing, you know, the, the disparity in pay, like, like I was, I know it's not, I get to quit my job today and I'm just going to do it because it's the ethical like thing to do. It's on principle. I know that not everybody can do that. And most people cannot do that for financial reasons, right? Like people need to pay the bills and take care of their kids and and all these things. So I don't want to sound too noble in that, like, yes, if you're unhappy, like listen to, listen to that. Don't, don't swallow that and, and do what you got to do and keep it moving and get a new job. I just, I think being really honest with yourself and your situation is, is first and fear. I don't know that the fear ever goes away. I mean, I think you just have to move through your fear, act through your fear and, um, and feel all of that. It's, it's, 
things can be super scary. And yeah, that was like a courageous move. I mean, I don't even know that I say that because people have said, oh, you were so courageous because I went public and whatnot. Um, I had no idea how anyone was going to react. I mean, it was a very personal decision in that. I just was like, I had made up my mind, you know, listen, if I'm not going to make ballpark after 12 years, five days a week, sacrifices, two kids being away, you know, I knew for me that was what I had to do to sleep at night, to live in my own skin, to be at peace with myself. Um, I had no idea that the reaction would be what it was. So we land, we land, you know, it's not always pretty, you know, for me, I was very fortunate because I had the support of a lot of people in town that really had my back and then had so many wonderful, rewarding relationships come out of of that and and my decision. Um, So zero regrets, but I understand, you know, people are afraid or are fearful. I just, you know, it's that mentality where if you can, if you are secure enough, you have a nest egg enough, if you have enough funds to, to leave a job that you just are really miserable at, it's one life. We've got this one life. How much more of yourself can you give to people who don't appreciate you or value you or see your worth? So I always say, you know, create a really smart exit strategy. Always have something maybe going on the other side. I know that's easier said than done. Again, people are very busy and there are a lot of demands in life, but I just really do think life's too short, you know? I think there is something to be said too for like honoring your truth. Like the circumstances might be really hard and it might be hard initially to figure out what the next move is. But but when you're honoring that, you'll find whatever the next right thing is. Whereas if you stay in a situation where you're not, you know, it's it's kind of like this inner sickness. It's like a very toxic thing and it starts to reach other aspects of your life too. Completely agree with that. I completely agree that, like you just said, you may not know, you know, there may not be answers. You may not know where you're going to land. You may not know what the next job is, but I really do believe the universe rewards us Mm -hmm. when we honor our truth, when we listen to our spirit. Like I just truly believe that, that, that sometimes the reward is on the other side of really living that. Mm -hmm. And there are some parallels here to relationships as well. And I know that you've had some ups and downs and you've been sharing openly on your podcast about some growth that you've had in the last couple of years. And I would love for you to just share about that if you're open to it. Hmm. I love that you noticed the parallels. I know, isn't that interesting? Like Mm -hmm. life is so crazy, you know, all of our own individual journeys, because I definitely noticed that too. I'm like, okay, hold on. So isn't kind of like a toxic professional situation there at the end finally got through that. (laughs) And then I was in a relationship most recently for off and on for about three and a half years. And yeah, the pandemic just came and and then my world just kind of fell apart. I mean, that sounds dramatic, but you know, I was like everybody else spring of last year, you know, on lockdown at home, unsettled, scared, worried about myself, my family, my parents, all those, all those things. And then my relationship just imploded. But I will say like in my bones, I knew it was wrong for me. Right. So it was another instance of me having to, you know, 
you know, that saying the universe whispers and then it screams. Like I was get, Oh, I saw the flag. I knew that I, you know, we were off, we were on, we were off, we were on. And so I finally was just like, this has got to go. This has got to go. And so all of that was happening at once. And honestly, the beauty of the last year for me has been that I, I got to be still, I got to be alone. I was forced to, through pain, just really deep dive on my patterns, my own choices, my attractions, my choices, uh, in, I hate to say men, because to this day, I just, I, I have so much love for everyone. Even the people who have wronged me, I really do operate that way. So I don't know if you read any Pima Chodron or any of your mm-hmm. audience does, but I really do. I even look at that relationship as like such an incredible gift. I really do because I am in a place today speaking with you at such a level of peace. And I surrendered all this crap. I've done so much work. I've gone to therapy. I'm doing my hot yoga. I'm doing my journaling. I'm like, I'm doing all of the things in a very disciplined manner for the first time in my life. Like for the last year, I've been at that doing the work. And I'm actually at a point right now where I'm not even really doing the work in the sense that now I'm at such a place where I'm just being, do you know what I mean? You know, the, the whole concept of being versus doing, I know you meditate a lot. I know that you like study this stuff and I know so much of your wellness and your show is about this, but it's such a wonderful feeling because I think in, you know, tragedy or these traumatic situations, you know, at least for me, I'm a Virgo. It's like, go to work. Okay. What are all the things I can do? How, how, how can I survive? You know, I have to go outside and keep seeking, seeking, seeking. I did that. And I've been doing that. And I always say, I really, the work works people. Like if you can stick with it, but now I'm in this even new phase, I guess, or season of my life where it's like, now I'm even just, I'm just being it's, it's, and I'm okay. I'm not attaching to the work even. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that makes sense? Mm-hmm. And it's really liberating. One of my favorite wellness habits that I've incorporated into my routine this year is adding electrolytes to my drinks throughout the day. My nutritionist recommended this years ago and it makes such a big difference in how I feel. It really helps with workout recovery and it really helps with my bloating as well. So, so many of us who eat whole food unprocessed diets, which I know are a lot of you, are actually not getting enough sodium and not replacing the sodium can really negatively impact health and performance. And that's where Element comes in. So Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar, none of the junk, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited no matter what lifestyle or diet you follow. So it contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio. It has a thousand milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium and a lot of other electrolyte drinks on the market do not have that. So 
I love the watermelon salt. I love the citrus and I love the orange salt. Those are my favorites. They also have mango chili, which is really good, raspberry and an unflavored one if you just don't want to flavor. And Element is loved by professional athletes. Many teams are given this from their performance coach or nutritionist. It's used by Olympic athletes and, you know, us regular people love it too. And I've also heard that citrus salt is good for a margarita. So if you want to multitask and have a drink and also get your electrolytes, then you can try that. So if you guys want to get in on this amazing wellness hack, Element has a great deal for you. The Blonde Files listeners can purchase an Element sample pack for the cost of shipping, which is $5 for US orders at drinkelement.com slash blondefiles. And if you're not happy, they will refund your money, no questions asked. So again, that's drinkelement, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T, dot com slash blonde files b-l-o-n-d-e-f-i-l-e-s and that's a sample pack for the cost of shipping i want to try your 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 meditation you do transcendental correct yes yeah that's my next big my next big do because i have i've love my hot yoga. It's kind of my church. I really in many ways think that's how I got through this year and am in in the position I am now in a really good place. The meditation I do in little bitty bites, but that's Mm -hmm. the next thing I really want to explore because I know the benefits of that can be so, so great. I think you would love it. And for me, like I had tried different kinds of meditation over the years and I was doing guided and this and that and trying different things. And I felt like it was just kind of a a surface thing. Like I would just kind of relax for a few minutes, but I didn't feel like I was really, I don't know. I don't want to say going within because it sounds kind of cheesy, but I guess I didn't, I didn't feel like it was anything profound. um, And I didn't feel like it was affecting any other areas of my life. So when I started TM, I mean, I am an evangelist about it because it changed my life on the first day that I did it. And it just, I was doing it the other day and I was just thinking, this is the craziest shit ever. (laughs) Like you just sit there and I'm like, just every time I do it, I have not every time I don't, I want to manage expectations if anyone's thinking about it. But most of the time when I do it, you know, I'm just able to kind of see like, I am not my thoughts and I can I can see and feel who I really am and, and see life in a different way. And it's just like so profoundly calming as well on a cellular level. And it affects everything, my relationships, my energy, my work, my creativity, my sleep, you know, it's pretty crazy. And I think what I was going to say earlier is that to your point of just being, I think that we're just so used to being distracted now. I mean, you can wake up and get on your phone and check Instagram and check your emails and do Instagram stories and do more emails and go do work and da-da-da, and then go to bed, you know, at the end of the day. And you have spent an entire day not even like really being in the present. Um, so I think it's so cool that you've kind of arrived at this place. And, you know, I think it's really inspiring. Well, Thanks. I mean, but yes, I, I, I know what you mean about recommending this for everyone because you kind of have to crave it or want to go down this road and really see what it's all about. Um, it is one of those things until you're kind of doing it. It's, it's hard to understand or explain. I mean, that's the way yoga used to be for me as I like, eh, don't really want to do it. Eh, I'll, I'll jog, I'll do this. I'll do whatever work. I've avoided that for so long. I just wasn't ready. And then I, 
now, you know, it's like, it is, it's my everything. So you mentioned some of your tools, hot yoga, meditation, Pema Chodron. What are some other tools that really enrich your wellness life right now? Mm. Movement period is just so huge. I just, I can't say that enough for anybody listening who, because I used to have a little bit of a, a aversion to exercise, to be really honest. Like this is also new in my like midlife is how much moving of any kind is such medicine. I think during the pandemic, um, you know, all the gyms closed, even my yoga studio closed. So for me, what saved me was literally just walking out the door every day. And the more I walked, the more I wanted to walk, the more, the longer I walked, I just being at one with nature, I think is really, really important. I think it's such a great way for anybody, um, you know, who maybe doesn't have access to a gym or doesn't want to drop the money on all these classes and stuff. Just, it's just amazing what (laughs) mother earth has. Like you walk out your door, I look at the trees. It sounds really silly, but I really try to look at the flowers. I pay attention to all my senses. And so that movement is just so, um, necessary. I think so many people are at home right now too. We've all been obviously bottled up and locked down and locked in the value of fresh air. It sounds so simple, but that definitely has added to my overall wellness is just, I think you have to really listen. Um, it goes back to really that being finely tuned with yourself and listening to what you need, whether it's eating or exercise or whatever, but pay attention to that. I think I've gotten really good at doing that. And that has completely contributed to my overall happiness because I am one of those people, if I'm in my office here where I am right now working at home, like I can't stare at a screen for too long. And I, the notifications drive me nuts and having my phone in my hand, like, yes, it's my work. It is my business. It is, it's, it's non-negotiable. Gotta do it. But I really pay attention to those moments where I start to like start shallow breathing or I start to get a little irritable or, you know, my kids are driving me crazy. Pay attention to those cues and try if you are able to just, again, like I said, walk out the door or take two minutes of deep breathing. Or in addition to that, I just, I think, and again, this was, this was a long journey for me, but my relationship with food and, and wellness is definitely different today than it was because I grew up in the Midwest. I was a farm girl. We ate whatever was on the table. You know, there wasn't, I don't even think there was a whole foods in Indiana till you know, <laughs> the last several years. So I didn't know about nutrition really. I really just didn't worry about it. And college, I, I was probably 20 pounds heavier than I am now. I was like, you know, eating fast food four times a day, drinking tons of beer. Like I didn't, I didn't know that food could make me sick. You know, I just didn't care. And then when I had children, um, they were really young and I had, was living in California by then. And I watched food Inc. Did you see that documentary? Do you know it? Mm, I know it. I have not seen it. Well, it was one of the first of its kind, you know, a decade ago or so. Now those are like right everywhere on Netflix. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was 
completely transformative in that it changed my thinking about food and my relationship with food and why I eat and what I eat and, and what I give to my children. I mean, all of that, the industrialization of food, the GMOs, I just had no clue. I was just one of those people like everybody else. I like pizza. So I want to have a beer. Okay. You know, and now I understand food better. And so without question, I'm sitting here today at 46 feeling better in my body, feeling healthier. You know, I've run a couple half marathons in the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm a healthier person sitting here today. And I, I do. So I love your whole initiative with everything you do. Like there's just so much information and I am one of those people. I am out here just trying to consume it all because I find it so fascinating. I know the power of what we put in our bodies now. So yes, I have become that person where I put mushroom powder in my coffee every morning. (laughs) I'm learning all about my adaptogens. I have tons of superfoods in my cabinet. So you know, the more, the better, you know, I'm just throwing all that in all the time. And, you know, I'm completely curious about the supplements on the market and all that stuff. So I don't have like one particular regimen in regards to all of that, but I'm, I'm certainly like, I grab all, all of the goodness and just try to, um, let that lead the way in my life and what I put in my body. Mm-hmm. But I love that then you like post the pizza on the Instagram story. Like it's all about balance. <laughs> so something else I would be remiss not to ask you this. You mentioned your age. You look amazing. Not to make this about looks, but I'm in my mid thirties. So I'm at the age where like my girlfriends and I are like, holy shit, this is happening. Like I'm not going to be 25 forever. This is going by so fast. Things are starting to change. WTF is happening to my body. And I send my girlfriend some of your pictures. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like this makes me not afraid of aging. So I need to hear some of the beauty secrets besides taking care of yourself, of course, on the inside. So, so nice. Mm -hmm. Um, well, gosh, I mean, it's hard to not care. I mean, there's so many factors that go into why we care about how we look, right? Because I was on TV for every day for so, so long. So I was very, very aware of, of aging publicly, by the way. And, and just, yes, all the things you mentioned, changing body, everything's changing. My face is starting to sag. My eyes look tired. And I know that you did the brow lift, which I mm-hmm. so want to talk more about <laughs> because I am such a candidate. See, when I see it on other people though, I'm like, it looks great, but <laughs> we're our own worst critics, but I, I feel oh. you. I know how it feels when you want to do it. So we can talk. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I went straight to the brow lift. Um, but, but gosh, Firstly, I, I definitely have decent genes because my mom, my mom is 72 and she looks phenomenal. So I, that certainly plays a part. Right. And, but I, I do all the like simple things now. I, you know, I'm, I'm working out. I'm like, I wash my face every night. I used to never do that. By the way, that sounds so simple. I mean, I used to wear so much makeup when I was on TV every day, the lashes, the 17 layers of foundation and all that. I would sleep in my makeup. I don't do any of that anymore. I have very, very strict beauty regimens. I discovered Botox when I was 35. That was when it was kind of like still taboo. Like people didn't even say they did it. It was like totally different. So this was like 10 years ago. No people in their twenties were doing it at the time, but Botox was a definite game changer for me because I look back at those pictures and I'm like, I kind of look the same as I did then at 35, you know, 10 years later. So 
Um, for anyone who hasn't done it or is questioning whether they should or they shouldn't, I mean, for me, what's I think helped is I have been very, very conservative about it. I, you know, I never, ever wanted to look like somebody else or I've had really good experiences with that. And I also think that comes from just really seeking out a doctor you love and trust. So mm-hmm. don't just get, even though you can get it anywhere these days, don't, right? Like don't. So many bad things can happen that people don't know. Exactly. exactly. So aside from just how you look. Uh, absolutely. Um, and I, I live really close to Koreatown and my best friend is Korean American and she's introduced me to all these great doctors there, um, who do the Botox, but I'm, I mean, it's funny that you ask and thank you for saying that I look youthful, but we are all so hard on ourselves and, and trust me, I, I know, you know, in theory, I mean, wrap your head around this young one. I mean, think about where you are now and then think about where like where I'm sitting at 46 and think about like 50 is on the horizon. I mean, you, that is so mind blowing for me to even say out loud. And so <laughs> if I'm honest, does that go through my mind way more than it should? Yes. So it's really at this part of life, midlife is really about eventually coming to peace with the fact that you are not young anymore and you are changing and you are supposed to get wrinkles, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't do Botox forever. I mean, I can, I mean, who doesn't call it like Chris Jenner, right? And like, it, right, <laughs> there's work to be done. And I will, I will probably do said work if I'm honest, my mom did. Uh, I mean, not a lot, sorry, mom, but <laughs> I'm not afraid of that. And for me, it's always this internal external balance. Um, but I would be lying if I told you like, yeah, I, I feel great in my skin. I'm 46. Who cares? This is a great point in life. It is a great point in life. I have so many wonderful things that I can point to that. God, it feels good to be this age. And I feel wiser and I feel more confident and I feel more all the things, but the body changing, it's really something. And I'll just take it one step further. And I know that most of your audience is, is certainly younger, but I mean, I think, I don't know that for sure. No, they're all over the place. All over. There's a lot of older, yeah. Well, anybody who's listening in their, you know, 40s or 50s can tell you that, you know, here we have this whole industry that's focused on just blanket wellness, right? Feeling good, looking good, having energy, preventing illness, preventing disease, all those things. But then you throw in being paramenopausal or menopausal and you throw in the hormones and you throw on what happens to our bodies, no matter what we've done to be healthy, that's completely out of our control in many ways. It's very, very difficult. and can be a very isolating experience because there's not a lot of information or conversation about what it's really like at this stage of life. So I am exploring that in my work and through a documentary I'm trying to make, which is really like what it is like to be at this point in our lives. Um, and, and there's this existential kind of purpose driven. What's the meaning anyway, by the way, wake up and your kids are going to college and you're like looking around, you're like, what, what, what have I been doing with my life? And where's my life headed? But then the physical piece, the science piece and the hormones and the brain and the gut and learning what is going on in our bodies is is a whole other very important area to explore for women this age, because otherwise you can literally feel 
really bad, no matter what you do, no matter how great you eat or how much exercise you get or, or how phenomenal you look on Instagram, it can be a really debilitating feeling when your hormones are doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to hearing and seeing what you're doing with all of that, because I think it is, you know, women seem to be kind of forgotten after like 30, 35. And on the other hand, men are celebrated. Men get hotter at like 40, 50. I'm like, this is not fair. Oh, no. <laughs> so cruel. It's like this bad joke on us, right? I know. They just see, it's like, ooh, a little salt and pepper hair. Ooh, yes. that little furrowed brow. Oh, that's so hot. And then we're just like trying to like freeze time. Um, yeah. But I don't know. You know, sometimes I think playing with that and those like, the norms, the social norms is kind of fun. You know, I, I, during the pandemic, when I couldn't get my hair colored for like months at a time and the grays were like totally taking over my head of hair, I was like, you know, there's just a part of me is like, maybe I'll just stop coloring my hair. You know, it's like you, you, you can ask yourself those questions. Now, mind you, I did not, mm-hmm. but it is, it is interesting to think about, you know, those questions. Yeah. I had an experience I guess it was about a month ago at this point where I had to go get a mammogram and an ultrasound because of my age and my family history and my doctor, I was with a new OBGYN and she wanted to get a baseline. So I had never done that before. And I went to the place and it was all either much older women or women with cancer. And it did give me that moment of perspective where I was like, you know what? Wow. This is actually a privilege. I know I'm still young, but just going through that kind of existential, it's a phase of life thing, I think, in your mid-30s where you realize like you are going to get older, hopefully. And I was like, I'm so lucky, you know, and and I think it's so hard to maintain that attitude because we're inundated, especially now if everything is photoshopped and everyone's young and shiny and beautiful and it can be really hard. But then I also think of that meme with... um the woman from Golden Girls at 50 and JLo at 50. And I'm like, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I know. Right. I mean, it 50 isn't what it used to be. It really is is true. I am. And, and yeah, I mean, some of the best, best things in life are coming to me now. And, and, and you're in a different headspace. I think a lot at this Mm -hmm. stage where you're, you're, you see it more clearly and you're more open to it. And so I guess there's some divine plan going on where it all works out in the end. There's a reason we don't stay the same age forever, right? Like I am into growth. I am into expansion. I am into change. And, and the more I love myself, it's like, you know what, whoever's going to be my partner, for example, or whoever's going to, you know, be in my world is going to, to love me exactly for who I am and, and, and has to, or else they're the wrong, the wrong person. I love that. So can you tell everyone about your podcast and everything that you're up to now? Mm -hmm. Well, as another extension of, I guess, my, my quest for meaning and happiness and just seeing the, the good in, in most everything, you know, the spirit of gratitude, I have a podcast called it sure is a beautiful day. And, and that really did kind of derive from being present, being here, being now, seeing that every day is a gift. So I know that, you know, it's not all perfect and positive and and tidy. That is not life. But the beauty is, is kind of seeing the value of, of every day, regardless of how it is. And so 
I wanted to, after this pandemic, just have conversations with people that are uplifting and inspiring and still very vulnerable. And that's what we've had so far. So I have guests on, um, if people haven't listened, my old podcast was only women, but this is women and men coming on people. I just find fascinating whose stories I think can be inspiring. And then I have a sidekick now for the first time ever. Her name is Kate Madry and she's great. And she's half my age. So that's like the fun two perspectives. She's in her mid twenties. You know, I'm clearly not. And so we have a lot of fun together. She's a comedian. She's great. So sometimes she'll be on the show, but I hope everyone comes, comes and gives it a, gives it a go. It's really good. And I, you are such a masterful interviewer. So those are really fun to listen to, but I also love your episodes that you've done with Kate because they're just so I hate the word real, but just so real. They're so authentic. And it's really interesting to hear kind of what she's going through and what you're going through and hear you guys share that experience. And so everybody should definitely go listen to it. Thanks. And where can everybody find you? you. Yeah. So subscribe, please, please, please. It sure is a beautiful day. Um, And then just, you know, do the old follow me on Instagram thing. I am Kat Sadler. And then my website slash blog is thecatwalk.com, which is where I also do some other, you know, beauty and fashion stuff. Cause that is another, another kind of pillar in, in my business is, is sharing all of that with people too, all my finds, all the things, um, which I completely enjoy doing. And your style is on point. So everyone go check that out. (laughs) Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was so good talking to you. It was so, so awesome talking to you too. We're going to get you over on my show. Okay. If you're down. I would love that. Yes, of course. And by the way, your story is phenomenal. Thank I, you. Didn't, I didn't know, no, no, no. So <laughs> I listened to the almost 30 podcast and oh. I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So much respect and mad love. Thank you so much. It's been a journey. <laughs> well, look at you now, girl. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Laurie. 